go. So I have with me for the Soulcast Bodega Bro, uh, as he is now known. Uh, but Griffin, uh, welcome to the show and thank you for joining me. Um, yeah, it's great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure, bro. So let's uh, go into why Bodega Bro is now your your you know your moniker online and um, kind of this whole fiasco from your perspective. Um, I'd like to hear it from the beginning from you and, and how we got to this point. Yeah, so I'll kind of tell you guys the story. Um, so yeah, I'm a kid from the Midwest, born and raised in Michigan. Um, I moved out to New York about a week ago to start a sales job at a uh, pretty established startup. And I was super excited to get after it in the big city, you know, for a great company. And um, immediately upon coming here, I was experiencing some pretty massive culture shock, you know, as I've never really been mm -hmm. before, right? So I, um, I'm subletting in the Bronx. I went to go grocery shopping for like the first time, like right off the plane. And I type in grocery stores in my maps and a bunch of these like little <laughs> corner stores show up. Right. And like, I'm looking for like Kroger's and Whole Foods. Like I was trying to get like frozen berries for like smoothies. Right. And like, <laughs> they just didn't happen. So I pulled out my phone to kind of share my perspective of, you know, like a Midwesterner in the city for the first time. And yeah. it sparked some controversy to say the least. So, um, the woke mob, I guess, was kind of accusing me of being racist. And, you know, they contacted my employer and they got me fired, essentially. Um, the way I kind of like like to put it is I was kind of like a golden retriever that like stuck his nose in a bee's <laughs> and got stung, got stung pretty fucking hard, you know? So yeah. That kind of sucked. Well, but yeah. yeah. It, I mean, like, there's one perspective to look at it um, that it sucked, and obviously it has, you know, been a bit of a roller coaster for you, I'm sure. But I think, um, you know, you've now kind of been jettisoned into the spotlight uh, for a lot of people because this whole thing where you were innocuously just commenting on the reality of just like, okay, where do I get my fucking milk and my eggs? You know, <laughs> um, that's, you know, fairly simple stuff. And in the big city, you assume that that's going to happen. Um, Obviously, you haven't been to New York before. That was something people mentioned to me. I actually lived in New York uh, for a few months recently. Uh, I was able to find a supermarket eventually, but yeah, I wasn't in the area that you were. But uh, a lot of people said that, yeah, they're just because of the real estate, they don't actually have the land to do these massive kind of supermarket stores, even though there are some, but maybe not in your area. Um, but what was so, I think, why people have kind of rallied behind you so much is this was the first... Uh, cancellation, if you will, where you were completely well-intentioned, you didn't say anything, even at a stretch, you didn't say anything that was like, you know, rude or whatever, you know, according to some people, but you were completely not at fault and you were just like, because I think uh, you were handsome, you know, attractive and jacked and, you know, on some levels, white as well, uh, you were kind of attacked for being racist, even though you were just commenting on the reality of the situation. And your crime was just telling the truth, which is, you know, antithetical to this whole kind of culture at the moment. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the whole thing that's really caught me off guard. You know, I didn't think in a million years that this would happen. You know, my my intent behind the video was to kind of make fun of myself almost. You know what I mean? Like some clueless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clueless Michigan kid in New York for the first time. Like, yeah, you know, couldn't, couldn't find like yogurt and milk. You know what I mean? Like, so I didn't, yeah. 
any like harm, no like malicious intent behind the video. I wasn't trying to like trash the city or anything, but um, yeah, it just got taken like way out of context, you know. And I recently realized that TikTok's actually location based. So mm -hmm. I posted that video thinking like, oh my god, all my friends back home are gonna think this is crazy. Like they don't have Whole Foods and Kroger, like. But yeah. location based, the first like one, two, three, five thousand people to see that were all from the Bronx. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, they kind of viewed that as like, oh, like this this kid that's not from the town like is trashing our city. You know, that, that's how yeah picked it up, which wasn't my intent whatsoever. You know? Yeah, of course. And you know, anyone emotionally well adjusted or socially well adjusted knew that could tell your energy just at a base level was very good and, you know, wholesome. Uh, you had another video which you were, you know, investigating um, some of the other events that go on and you weren't doing it in a way that like, even even like a, a pranking way or anything like that. So this whole thing is kind of just shown, you know, the worst kind of stage of cancel culture or whatever. So, um, you know, it's, it's really, you know, there are so many, I think there are so many more people behind you than there are against you. You know, that's what... I, I don't know if you felt that or anything, but um, you know all of this stuff. Not even your just your case, but all of the kind of woke politics and things. That's a vocal, very vocal minority compared to most people. Most people, ninety-five percent, ninety-nine percent of people watch your video, thought it was funny, thought you were just a guy having a bit of fun, and you know, it, like you said, poking a bit of fun at yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, the first day or two, you know, there was. Like, I think that when did you realize you just kind of posted the video? I don't know how many followers you had on TikTok before, but you just like, oh yeah, this is gonna, you know, for my friends back home. When did you realize? Like, did you just check your phone? Notifications were going wild. Yeah, like the first night, it didn't do like a ton of views, but then like throughout the day, I posted it Friday night, and like throughout the day on Saturday, it started to like pick up more and more traction, and the comments were just flooding in. Like, I think it. I only have. Mm three and a half thousand followers now i have like nine and a half thousand but like yeah um i had three and a half thousand followers at the time and this thing had like four thousand comments you know what i mean yeah so I, yeah wow like people are pretty upset about this which like i said wasn't my <laughs> i mean as you noted the um like the first two days were like, like i was getting shit on pretty hard but then the next couple of days there was like this whole second wave of supporters mm which um somewhat you know, I'm glad reporters on my team you know yeah yeah well yeah like I said we're all behind you uh I think this whole thing is a blessing in disguise uh you know like you extrapolate okay the plan was to work for this company but if they're a company that is so willing over something so innocuous to just you know fire you because they uh had some angry twitter comments I, I think I saw far more people commenting on the company's page, uh, you know, F you for firing Bodega, bro, you know? So it's like, I think a lot, I know a lot of good will come from this, whether or not this, you know, whole roller coaster has felt that way so far for you. Uh, but I know that like you have so many people behind you and it, it is going to be a blessing in disguise. You know, you have a, a captive audience. Uh, fame for nothing bad, you know, negative fame, negative press. You just say there's no such thing as bad press in a way. Uh, now you are kind of the poster child for people that have been unfairly canceled uh, in a way recently. And 
like I said, because it was so innocuous and so wholesome of you to post in the, in the first place, it's like, yeah, I don't see, you know, really the long-term negatives of it, but. Yeah, right now it's just kind of tough because, you know, I moved, I moved here for this job. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, it was my dream. Yeah. You know, a sales job at, you know, a top, a top young startup in a big city. Yeah. It's something yeah. I'm looking forward to for years, you know, and like with yeah. Two days of my start date, it was taken away because of some stupid Twitter video or TikTok video, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, I, it kind of feels like I'm drowning a little bit, just kind of treading water, trying to figure something out. But, um, yeah, you know, I've had some people in my DMs, I'm like on LinkedIn and Twitter, you know, like send me a resume, like let's let's set up an interview, that kind of thing. So I got a couple of interviews lined up. Um, yeah. Week, like this upcoming week. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, they you know that goes in the right direction. Yeah, it will, man. Um, you know, anyone out there that's listening, uh, now New York based, and uh, what kind of sales was it? So it was tech sales, like software. Right. Software as a service. Yeah. Ass specifically. Cool. Uh, was that something you studied for, or what? What is your kind of background, college and so stuff? I know you are an athlete as well. I studied um, economics and psychology. So. Um, Sweet. Yeah, I minored in psychology, so like that was kind of like the like, the sales side of it. That's where like the sales comes from a little bit. And yeah, yeah, I've been wanting to do sales like my you know for, for the last like four years now. You know what I mean? I um a couple summers ago I sold alarm systems for a company called Vivint. It was door to door, and um hundred mm. percent commission. You know, eat what you kill type deal. Yeah, and um yeah. I struggled at first, but I got like I, I went twelve days without getting a deal. And then my 13th mm -hmm. day, I got three deals in one day. And that just kind of yeah. held me to just kill it the rest of the summer. You know, I had a blast, learned, yeah. you know, great experience. So ever since then, I'm like, you know, like I really want to get into sales, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Sales is one of those things. Um, I don't know if you've considered solar sales. That's uh, a really big thing at the moment is uh, selling solar panels because there's a lot of uh, government backing in things that people would don't necessarily have to ally a lot, but then you're kind of the middleman selling that, uh, something to consider. I don't know if you have. Yeah, there's, um, I actually recently got connected with a guy, Mark Murphy. Um, mm -hmm. he's in Connecticut. It's like, it's only like an hour train, but, um, he runs, he doesn't run a company, but he like manages a team out there. So I've been talking to him a little bit recently. It's actually funny you say that the, uh, the Vivint guys that I, that I sold with, actually all quit Vivint and they're selling solar panels in San Diego right now for a company called Rock yeah. Eyes Energy. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Nah. Well, I, I'm sure you can pivot into anything really, but have you ever considered maybe, you know, shifting entirely now that you have this kind of online audience and doing something like a travel show? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a little risky, you know, um, I don't know, plus like my, my family's not really all about the whole like social media thing. They want this to die down as soon as possible. I mean, so you now like, I just want to get a job, you know, like mm -hmm. my, my goal is like, I don't want to go all in on creating content. You know, I just don't think like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I honestly don't have the balls for it. You know, like I respect the hell out of anybody that can and, you know, like has, has the, has the guts to go, you know what I mean? To make content, they're like full-time deal. But um, yeah. My goal is to kind of like, cause like before I posted these TikToks, I don't know if you noticed, I was posting like gym videos and shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. how to get like, like dick skin forearms or whatever. You know what yes. I mean? As we can see. <laughs> yeah. But. Jacked. 
<laughs> so like my goal with like the social media thing was like to get a big enough following that I can like, you know, like kind of coach people and give workout programs, you know what I mean? Like 20, 30, 40 bucks a month or something like that. You know, get like 50 clients is like kind of like a side hustle type of thing. Like while I have, mm. uh, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm biased somewhat because, you know, I, I put out content online and it's kind of enabled me to work for myself in a way. Um, I just think there is, you know, there is such a, I mean, you've already had the worst kind of possible reaction from, you know, putting out content. Like that's, if someone has the balls for it, that's what they're really kind of risking as such is like the judgment of a lot of people in case, you know, a video goes viral. You've already done that. You've You've gone through the trial by fire. So if it's something that like, not that you're worried about or whatever, but you've already had the kind of worst reaction that you could. If it's, you know, I don't want to tell you what to do, of course, but I just think there is a capacity uh, for you to kind of use this all for good in a way. And like, you could still do that into sales and things and putting sales content online, kind of documenting uh, whatever sales job you kind of go into. Uh, I just think, you know, anyone will benefit from having a personal brand online. And I think you've already got um, all this momentum behind you. So yeah. That would be my kind of two cents to consider is just, you know, utilizing this whole, all of this press uh, and pivoting that into something, uh, if that's something you would want to do anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, it's something I thought about heavily. Like, it's just, it's a big jump, you know? I mean, I mean, you're right, 100%, you know what I mean? This is like a great opportunity, you know? Like, well, all this stuff is going on, you know, like, I, there's like, there's this one dude on Twitter. He has like 1.8 million followers. His name's like Jack, Jack Procio or so, something like that. Posobiec, Posobiec. I'm yeah. not sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. Like he, he's he's tweeted about me like three or four times. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, I just think it's crazy. So like, I mean, you're right. This is a great <laughs> capitalize. It's just like. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just kind of a pussy, to be honest. You know? No, no, don't say that. It's. I mean, you've drawn more kind of attention and negative attention than I ever have online, you know, so, you know, you're, you're more into it than I am in that sense. Um, it's just like the whole concept of cancellations, right? They only work if you cancel yourself, uh, is my opinion, or if you bow to the mob and like, oh, I'm sorry for saying what I did. And you were telling the truth. You were, as long as you're telling the truth and being honest about your perspective, then there's really like, I believe there's really nothing negative long-term that can come from that other than uh, the kind of regime woke mob being upset that a handsome guy is willing to just come to, you know, their area of New York and tell the truth because a lot of the culture of that kind of world is signaling to other people um, that you're part of their kind of part of their perspective of reality by propagating the lies and things like that. So when you tell the truth, that cuts people like that because they're so, like it stings them, you know? Obviously, having only bodegas around is probably not the best for anyone in terms of if they want to have healthy food and they say they want to protect these kind of lower income areas or help these lower income areas. But if, if their only reaction to like, hey, maybe there isn't good food around uh, to this area, why is that? That kind of just pierces to the heart of what they're really doing and you know it's it's something you should never be afraid of and um you know i, I try to tell, tell the truth about these situations as much as possible and that's why i wanted to kind of speak to you and get your perspective on everything but you know 
I, th I think a lot of it, <clears throat> when you replied with your, your, your other TikTok where you went around to bodegas and bought food for, you know, the, the homeless people around, I think that was a great uh, way to kind of respond is that you weren't, you weren't apologizing. You weren't, um, you know, canceling yourself. It's just like, hey, I'm willing to kind of just push in, uh, positive energy back out to that. I think that's, you know, great response. You continue doing that. Uh, because that's what's going to end up like if if you the only people that apologize are the people that need to signal to that kind of world that they're part of it but i don't think you are uh, in that sense which is a good thing because you're just an honest guy you're a nice dude that wants to you know share his perspective and honest opinion and you know just you know have a have a good sales job and live his life yeah exactly you know what i mean and like like none of the videos i make have you know malicious intent behind them like i don't i don't like i'm not a racist you know what i mean like i've been i'm what's unfortunate is like i've been painted in this way by like just like by like user one eight two four six two seven with like no profile yep. like a bunch of a exactly bunch of those people you know what i mean and i'm like yep like do you have anything going on in your life like is do you have anything no like, they don't Literally, like you, you spend your time and energy like sending crafted emails to my company, making these accusations. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just it it blows my mind. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, if there's if there's a way, like, I mean, if I keep making content, I'm probably gonna stick to the gym stuff. If I'm being honest, mm -hmm. just because, like, I mean, I I don't think you can, I can't be called a racist or like a homophobe from gym content but who cares yeah. you weren't you weren't saying those things like as soon as you people can call you whatever right as soon as you accept that label and start like defending it and i'm not you know you have to reply to kind of character assassination in a way and be like uh, actually that's not true but i i think as, as when you give it the energy it's just like responding it's like you know you're not you know the truth you know the honest reality because of these people that have nothing else going on in their life. They would love to have a sales job from a great company in the, the big city, but they're angry at the way that their life has turned out. They see you, Chad, walking around New York, you know, thick neck, just having a good time. Uh, and they go, oh man, that's, that's fucking annoying. Like it pierces to their, you know, their ego is like, why haven't I achieved that? Or whatever it is. And then the whole cancel culture thing is trying to diminish the successes of others because they're upset about how their own life has turned out. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, you're right, honestly. That's a good way to put it. It's just like, there's so many of these people on the damn internet, it's crazy. See, like, that, that's the thing about creating content. It's like, like I'm, mm. I'm sure you have some of those guys too, even though your content's like, it's unbelievable. I've been following you for like two years now, probably. But I'm, cool. I'm sure even you have like some of those brands, you know what I mean, like here and there, even though like, you don't... Yeah slightly controversial really like i'm sure yeah you've dealt with it to like some to like a lesser extent not to like like being in the being in the new york post and everything but like, <laughs> sure you've dealt with yeah it, like a little bit right yeah, yeah yeah i mean i've had people upset um about the strangest things uh it's just like it, it's just part and parcel of it and the way i think about it is the worst thing that happened is no one gives a shit. No one sees any of your content and you're just kind of like talking to the ether and no one really cares. When you're being talked about, that is a good thing because it means you're relevant and it means you are, you know, putting out something that is, you know, 
getting to the hearts of people. It's getting to the truth of the situation. It's interesting. It's it's whatever it is. It's like it's breaking down the preconceived notions of people. Like people think in dogmas. The dogma that they have their belief about life or the situation or how things are. And then if anything, instead of reviewing evidence and going, oh, okay, maybe my belief was wrong. They try and find evidence or reject that evidence to then back up their preconceived beliefs. So <clears throat> if you say anything that is true or is at least your truth perspective, your honest perspective um, at the time, then you know they're going to just reject that outright because it doesn't fit with their preconceived worldview. And that is kind of the the basis of the woke culture at the moment. It's like you can't tell the truth. You can't notice statistics. You can't um, you know be the person in the room because everyone knows it. It's like this performative thing. It's like there's one guy in the room that goes looks at something and goes, hmm, maybe that isn't right, or maybe that you know that doesn't actually add up. The truth tellers are always the one that gets persecuted uh, the most. You know, there's they hated Jesus because he spoke the truth. Um, there was, you know, so many, uh, examples of that in terms of like communist regimes around the world. It's like they censor because the truth goes against, uh, the, the truth is right. The truth exists. You can't only cover up the truth for so long with lies. And when you stack lies on top of each other, eventually it all comes crumbling down. So, you know, you always have to try and aim to speak the truth in whatever situation you are. And I believe that it's always going to turn out the best way when you do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right 100%. You know what I mean? Speaking the truth, like sometimes people just don't want to hear the truth. You know I and mean? just because it, yep. that it doesn't what their, you know, their preconceived beliefs are, you know? And yeah, I think like those people just, they have something in their mind and they're so like thick skulled that like mm -hmm. they're going to listen to anybody, anybody like what the fuck they have to say. You know what I mean? Even if it's 100% yeah. right, it can be, you can say like, two plus two is four but like if somebody, <laughs> somebody really believes two plus two equals five they're gonna like yeah. come at you and like you know try to cancel you or whatever you know what i mean it's exactly believable you know yeah it's th there's also the the bigger thing like if you have looked like some of the people that were attacking you uh you know there was that guy super skinny neck kind of alien shaped skull who had his first yeah. like <laughs> fucking voice like uh to, hey actually bodegas are in a critical part of our community like nah like if if you if you were someone like that and said that stuff entirely different kind of reception i believe but your your case is is really it's just a it's a kind of focused example of the greater community sentiment uh, of people that haven't achieved anything, don't look good, don't feel good about their lives, attacking someone that is obviously doing better than them, has trustworthy physiognomy, is obviously jacked and ripped. Um, you know, it's, it, it is jealousy at the heart of it. So, you know, it, it's a very interesting state, or a, a very interesting example of the state of the world right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's an interesting way to put it. You know what I mean? Because that dude, his name's like, um, what? It's like Dutch or something like that. Like, the, yeah, yeah. That guy, like, he, um, he actually made it. He made, so he made that one video and he, yeah. On it, and he made a second, like, a follow up video, basically, like, crying into the camera, being like, <laughs> like, I, 
out what he said. Like, I'll have to, I'll have to send it to you. But like, this guy was like basically whining about like all the people that were hating on him, and like, he's like, yeah. well, growing, mm. growing up as a as a homosexual in New York, like, I've gotten I've gotten bullied a lot, and I think that these people online like have been really really hurtful. And I'm like, dude, like you you tried to come at me, like. Yep. You tried to shit on me and people got mad at you. Like, dude, like, what do you, what do you expect? Yep. You know what I mean? It's just, yep. It's, oh my God. Yeah. It's, oh, this it's hypocrisy. This whole fucking <clears throat> ridiculous. Yeah. It is ridiculous. And I guess I'm not in your position, but you just got to kind of laugh at it. Like, think of all the positive people that now are in your corner. They are, you know, reaching out to you and, and networking and stuff. And just really hold the belief in your head that. You know, this was probably uh, a redirection from God to kind of, you know, bring something a lot better into your life. And maybe it doesn't feel that way right now, but it's it's been a week. That's the other thing. It's like, what, six days, five days? Yeah, I posted it last Friday. Friday last week. Oh, yeah, so five days, really, six days. So yeah. these things, like, whenever I've received uh, a lot of outrage or whatever over a tweet, I'll just, you know mute that tweet so I don't get any notifications from it. And in two or three days, usually people have moved on. Now yours is obviously um, scaled a lot higher than that, but the next outrage thing will come up in a few days. People will forget about this whole thing for the most part. And uh, you'll just be left with a whole bunch of followers and a whole bunch of people that know your name, which is, you know, a good kind of a good scenario to come out of this. So it's, it, it's about hypocrisy as well. Um, one of the interesting things that I, I you know, from seeing people outraged about this is this, they're allegedly, they want to portray that they're so welcoming to all people like, yeah, immigration, bring everyone in, mixed cultures, whatever. But as soon as someone comes in, that isn't, you know, exactly bowing down to their view on the world. It's, you know, they're coming for your throat. And it's, you know, it's, it's very hypocritical. And it really just shows that they're not about tolerance. They're not, you know, a tolerant, really like nice community would have been like hey man like these bodegas you know maybe you just got to go somewhere else to get the the whole food markets here's the address you know things like that um to w would bring a community together but instead because you are an outsider uh they attack you and i, I think that's what people need to realize about <clears throat> the performative kind of language that these people have about the world is that it's it's all fake and as soon as you tell the truth or you're not like you can never this is what some politicians uh, make the mistake of is bowing down to these people from who don't even like, even if they do apologize, they'd be like, sorry, mate, nah, that's not enough. You're still canceled. And then like, what have you done? You've kind of surrendered in a way um, for something that you don't even believe in uh, just because you were, you know, upset about these pixels on a screen. They're, like it's not real at the end of the day. None of these people would say that to your face. None of these people would, you know, even bother challenging you and being like, hey, you know, fuck you in person. It's just because they have the strength and the or the courage from behind a screen to, um, you know, attack you. That's the only reason why this whole thing has um, come out the way it has. Yeah, dude, like I like to call them like, um, like keyboard warriors. You know what I mean? Like they're, just, mm -hmm. they're relentless, you know, like they'll sit in their bed. Like I'll get like I'll get I'll get comments like Grand. They might be from like the West Coast, where like they're three hours behind. But like, I'll get comments like nasty ass shit at like three in the morning. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, like you're laying in your bed scrolling TikTok and like, yeah, you really like 
care about it that much that like you take some time to comment some nasty ass shit and then just scroll to the next video like yeah this this whole thing like it just it doesn't make sense to me but like that's just the internet these days i guess you know yeah yeah it is um <clears throat> so coming to new york you had this image of you know big city new opportunities uh do you want to stay there now that you've had this kind of reaction um i had good question like <laughs> it, it's more of like i just don't want to like because like i told i told all my the people from my hometown you know in michigan like oh i got this sweet job in new york they're like they're a top 10 startup in the country they're gonna go public soon like it's just yep. job. like i'm gonna be there at least two years when they go public and like now i'm fired and like i don't want to go back you know what i mean and like yeah. yeah yeah go back to my town and then all these what happened griffin I'm like oh yeah i got fired for a fucking tiktok you know what i mean <laughs> I feel like i just look like a clown you know what i mean so like i'm pretty I'm, no one thinks that i'm pretty determined to like because you know like my network's growing you know like you said before like i got connected with these praxis guys you know what i mean which like I think there's like a huge opportunity there. Like, you know, it seems like a great community and like, there's a lot of, a lot of networking to be done. So um, for sure, I think that I'm pretty determined to like figure it out here. You know what I mean? Cause like, I like yeah. here, honestly, like, I mean, minus all like the soft people. Um, yeah. Like I've gone out in the city a couple of times. It's a blast. Awesome. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So like I said before, like I'm pretty determined to like, like figure it out out here. And, um, you know what I mean? Because there's like, there's a hundred jobs out here, you know, and I'm sure there's got to be, there's got to be some tech companies hiring salespeople somewhere, you know? So um, 100%. I got a couple, like I said, I got a couple of interviews lined up and, um, you know, more opportunities are like coming through my, my inbox, my LinkedIn DMs, like every few days. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'll, I'll have a job within the next month tops, maybe even sooner than that, but um, easy. Yeah, I like it out here. I kind of want to figure it out. Yeah, uh, it does have its merits. Uh, personally, I you know was there similarly for work and networking and stuff. Longer term doesn't really mesh with my outlook on life um, overall. But yeah, there's a lot of benefit to being in the city. So I'm sure something. Well, I know something will come up for you uh, sooner rather than later, and it'll be you know infinitely better than what you were kind of going into. Uh, I'm sure, but. I'd like to talk about, you know, your upbringing and stuff a little bit because, uh, you know, I, I posted on Twitter that I was going to be talking to you and people had some questions in general. Uh, so, so what was upbringing like in the Midwest and how does that kind of, you know, athletically as well interested? Like, I, obviously, I love talking about training and bodybuilding and stuff and you're obviously, you got an impressive physique and things. So what was your athletic background like growing up? How does your, how did Griffin come to be uh, in terms of your upbringing and things like that? Yeah, so um, I uh, like growing up, I was like outside, like when I was a young kid, like I was outside all the time with like the neighborhood kids playing like wiffle ball, like pickleball, um, captured the fly, yep. oh, like stuff like that, you know, I like drinking hose water, you know what I mean, for like six, seven hours a day. <laughs> that was kind of how I grew up. And then in middle school, like late elementary school, early middle school, I started playing football and um. Football, I've been a baseball kid my whole life. Um, I tore my shoulder, my throwing shoulder. I tore it wrestling my sophomore mm -hmm. high school, so I had to give up baseball. 
But um, I ran track my junior year, and I picked up lacrosse my senior year, just my senior year. I wish I would have played lacrosse all four years. It was awesome. But I've been like a football kid through and through, you know, like, I mean, not to like toot my own horn, but like growing up, like I would, I was like usually like one of the t- best one or two kids on my team. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, like, yeah. like starting on, starting at linebacker and starting at running back, like getting the ball, like every other play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In high school and everything. Um, my senior year of high school, I broke my fibula week two. I had a, I had a really good week one. I had like six carries for like, 42 yards like had a reception for like 12 yards had like 15 tackles um then my second game broke my fibula i was out the whole season but um i ended up playing so yeah in high school i played baseball my freshman year wrestled my freshman and sophomore year played football all four years ran track my junior year and played lacrosse my senior year and um, mm-hmm. I kind of got into lifting originally because, like, in, like, seventh, eighth grade, I was, like, a little bit on the shorter side. And I was like, damn, like, this fucking sucks. Like, I'm, like, two inches shorter than all my friends. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I figured, like, if I'm going to be short, like, I should probably be jacked to, like, make up for it. You know? Makes sense. Yeah. So, like, I just started off with, like, I bought this, like, pull-up bar. And, um... I was doing like 100 pull-ups, 100 push-ups a day. You know what I mean? And then yep. membership started lifting. Like in seventh, eighth grade, like none of my friends were really lifting. So I would just go by myself, you know? And um, then like in high school, I hit like my freshman, sophomore year, closer to my sophomore year. I hit a little bit of a growth spurt and I got to like a normal fucking height. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, pretty cool. Like I'm in pretty good shape and I'm not like, granted, I'm not tall. Like I'm like 5'10", 5'11", 5'10 and a half, you know, I feel like that's like a pretty normal height for a dude. Perfect height. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just kind of like, liked what I saw in the mirror and I was just like, just kind of kept going. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, once there's, once I like first started seeing that, you know, like some veins and like some definition in my shoulders, I was like, this is awesome. You know what I mean? So I just kind of yeah. kept going with it. And, um, yeah, I've been like in love with fitness, you know, for, um, quite a while, honestly. Yeah. So what are you training like now? You want to split full body? What have you found best kind of results from? Yeah. So I'm kind of doing like an Arnold split, um, chest and yeah. then shoulders and arms. Then yep. I, like, I know like everyone has a different split, really, like push, pull, whatever. I love that one. Full body. But, um, for me, you know, I found that like, I get the best, I get the best pumps and like, I granted, I know it's not all about the fucking pumps. You know what I mean? But I felt yeah. the best results hitting chest and back together and yep. shoulders, like, and I, I superset, like, everything, like, yep, yep. except for, like, my compounds, like, I'll bench, and I won't superset bench, but, um, like, I'll superset, like, lap pulldowns with cable flies, you know what I mean? Or, like, when I'm doing shoulders and arms, I'll superset, like, lateral raises with tricep kickbacks, you know what I mean? Yep, yep. So, um... I think the supersets are big, you know, it keeps the heart rate, you know, you're kind of moving at pace and like, uh, you know what I mean? Not just like doing a set, resting for like two minutes, doing a set, and then you're there for like an hour 45 and you got it like immediately. Like, I think you like fly through and superset as much as you can. You know, you can get a really good workout in in like an hour, hour 20 tops. You know what I mean? Like including. Yeah. 
you know so that's kind of how i structure it yeah i have found very similar results uh, or the best results from doing something similar you know the intensity about the workout is the thing that gets you uh the muscle breakdown and you know pumps is not everything like you said but it is kind of also everything like if you're not getting a good pump you're not getting as good a workout you're not utilizing the muscles correctly so i think that's super important uh as far as eating obviously you were trying to find uh milk and eggs and yogurt uh are they kind of core pillars of how you eat these days yeah like smoothies i was trying to find like frozen fruit too you know what i mean because like smoothies are like a staple i probably have at least a smoothie a day um yeah Usually I go strawberry, banana, fat-free yogurt, um, egg whites, milk, protein powder. You know what I mean? Pretty standard, nothing crazy. But yeah. eggs, eggs are huge too. I feel like eggs are pretty versatile, you know? Yeah. Um, I try to say like lower carb, lower sugar, almost like no sugar except for like fruit. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. if I'm out or something and like someone's doing dessert, like I'll have some dessert, you know what I mean? Like I'm not like a Nazi, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I'll binge. Yeah. Wow. But I try to like, I try to keep the carbs low, keep the sugar low, um, protein high. Of course I try to get like 150, 160 grams a day. Um, yep. And mostly like not from like only, I try to only do like one scoop of protein powder day. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like if you're getting like. If you're trying to get like 150 plus grams of protein and like you're just having like five scoops of protein powder, I feel like there's not like yeah. actual nutritional, like it's it's good, I guess, but like you're missing out on so many more like nutrients and minerals, you know what I mean? So I try to get a yep. lot from like eggs, chicken, turkey, egg whites, um, peanut butter a little bit. Granted, peanut butter is not like crazy high protein, but like, you know, there's like yep. seven grams and a couple of tablespoons. It's not too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, those kind of things. So, um, yeah, I usually try to stick to like one scoop of protein powder a day and I usually just throw in the smoothie, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, similar stuff for me. Did you ever find the eggs? Do you have some in your fridge right now? I do actually. I had to go to like two or three <laughs> to find some eggs, but I, um, I eventually found some, so I've been uh, I've been having some good breakfast recently. You know what I mean? I got some I got some cheese as well, because um, yeah. like these bodegas have like deli meat. You know what I mean? But yeah, some of them don't. So like I found I found one that like you can buy like you know what I mean? Like ham, turkey, cheese by the pound. So like I got I got some American cheese. It's been thrown in my eggs. It's been uh it's been pretty solid, I guess. Beautiful. Well, I'm happy that you were able to find something. Um, yeah, man. So I, I think that kind of gets to the crux of, of everything. And I hope a lot of people will, you know, listen to this and see, you know, how much of a good guy you really are, um, you know, on the back of this whole scenario. Um, I wanted to mention before the end of the podcast, uh, you have a GoFundMe set up. So I'll put the link to that uh, in the show notes for this, but also people can find your um your twitter where you have that link uh so what is your twitter and um yeah where can people find you if they wanted to help support you so it's um it's gbo28 gbow28 mm-hmm. um, cool yeah so yeah gbo28 uh i'll link to that as well and uh we're also gonna get you set up with a metamask account uh or a metamask wallet so if people are inclined, they can donate directly to your crypto wallet. Uh, I think that'd be 
very smart move for you to do as well. Uh, and I'll, I'll link to that uh, in the show notes as well. But Bodega, bro, Griffin, really appreciate you coming uh, on the show, on the Soulcast. And I thank you for your time. And I know, you know, it may not seem like it, but great things are going to come out of this. And a lot of, lot of people are behind you and supporting you. So always remember that. Yep, sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. No worries, bro. Catch you later. Right, you have a good one.